Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Today, I want to talk about the three bottom line things you must know before studying the Bible with secular people. All right? Three bottom line things you must know before studying the Bible with secular people. Now, here's the deal, guys. I love studying the Bible with secular people. In fact, if ministry meant I could spend like 40 hours a week doing nothing but life and faith with secular folk, I'd be like the happiest dude in the world. Um, now, that's I'm not saying that I don't like working with the saints, so to speak. Uh, I do. I enjoy it a lot. But there's just something about exploring faith with uh, someone who comes from a totally different background and doesn't have, you know, the same experience as you. I don't know. There's just something about that that I just absolutely love. Um, And and, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, the three things that I've learned. Absolute bottom lines when it comes to studying the Bible with secular people. So let me let me um, let me work through those one by one. Now, just because I love studying the Bible with secular people doesn't mean I always get it right. And, and one of the realities that I have to embrace when it comes to studying the Bible with secular culture is that I actually have no idea what it means to be a secular person, all right? And that's like super important. And, and I think as Christians, um, that we need to, if, if we don't come from that background, because there are believers who, who, don't, who do come from that background and, and they get it. But, you know, I don't come from that. I was raised in church and basically I have no idea what it's like to be a secular person. So I might read a book about secular culture or, you know, explore their philosophy and, and things like that. Or, or I might even sit down with a secular person, which I do often, and, uh, and listen to their stories, their ideas, their perspectives. But one fact remains. I have never been a secular person. I've never shared in their experience. I have no idea what it's like to live any part of my life without a theistic meta-narrative that makes sense of my existence and the brokenness of the human story. And... I've always had that, right? I've always had a worldview that placed my identity and my perspectives within this enthusiastic and hopeful framework. Uh, So I simply don't know what it's like to live even for one day without that framework. So, and and of course, you know, there's days where I've I've struggled with that framework and I've I've had doubts and, and, and things like that, but it's still there, sort of stringing my existential quest together. And so the reality is secular people, uh, they, they've lived with totally different frameworks or with no framework at all. And, and, and what's it like to navigate life like that? I have no idea. The, the best I can do is listen and try and understand. And, and in doing so, right, in listening and trying to understand, I can then frame the message of Scripture in a way that connects with their experience instead of assuming that framing it according to my religious background is the only right way. Uh, so this is the first lesson I have learned from studying the Bible with secular culture, right? Listen, listen, listen. Don't assume um, that what you have to say is meaningful until you've listened to them. And it's not not, not so much what you have to say, but how you say it, right? Uh, you got to listen because by listening, um, you, you'll be able to 
take a bit of a of a scenic tour of how they view the world and what you know how they understand reality and those things are really important when it comes to sharing truth with people and it's probably point number two that explores that a little bit more so let me go ahead and jump into point number two this is the second lesson uh, that i've learned from studying the bible with secular people uh it's reframe reframe okay now the biggest mistake i've made when studying the bible with secular folk is framing the story of jesus in language and archetypes that make sense to my religious psyche but what i found is that the angles that i find meaningful on the spiritual search many of my secular contacts find pointless so let me give you a quick story to to maybe expand on that a little bit last year i was studying the bible with a group composed of three adventists one catholic and one secular guy uh, so during one of the studies, the topic of assurance of salvation came up and the Adventists went on to dominate the conversation pretty much for the rest of the story uh, or study. Um, because of this shared background with legalism, both the Adventists and the Catholic found meaning in the discussion. They were really engaged with questions like, how do you know you're saved? And, you know, what happens? You know, what about works? And, you know, those types of questions. So about 40 minutes in, I turned to our secular mate because he's he hasn't been engaging at all, hasn't been saying anything. And and I and I turned to see how he's going. Um and I catch him <laughs> desperately struggling to keep his eyes open. The poor guy was so bored and and later on he he actually told me that he felt really disconnected not only at that study but also all of the following studies in which the adventists controlled the framework of the discussion due to the questions they were asking that were meaningful for them and he as a secular person without their baggage without their background personally found the questions they were asking pointless and irrelevant so he he checked out and actually stopped attending now framing the biblical adventure in a way that connects with the present experience with the value structures and concerns of the secular person is super important in keeping them engaged and that's the that's what i mean by reframe that's lesson number two don't assume that just because it seems important to you then it must be important to everyone and in the same note don't assume because x method worked for that guy then x will also work for the other guy even when gifting books and resources, uh, we have to be careful not to give them something that might be insightful for us and repulsive for them. And, and I've seen this many times with secular people being scared away from, from further exploration because someone gave them a book or a DVD loaded with all this bizarre apocalyptic imagery. Like for us, we can contextualize that as religious people because we understand what the imagery means and, and we understand that it's sort of, you know, even when we look at the imagery, that the, the, the art that people put together, that it's just one person's understanding and, and depiction of, of what they're reading in Daniel and Revelation. So, so basically, we, we can contextualize it. But someone with a totally secular background can't. They'll look at those images and be like, what kind of weird stuff are these people on about? So people, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, we have to hide um, parts of the Bible. Like, I'm not into that thing at all. I, I believe it's all the scripture, right? Like, the whole thing is, is legit. But people have to be met where they are and led gently toward Christ in, in a diversity of ways. And so reframing is super important. Now, Jesus himself exemplified this, right? I've said this in episodes um, many times. Uh, to one person, Jesus preached the gospel like this. You must be born again. And then to another person, he preached the gospel like this. I am the living water. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. He didn't say anything about being born again. And then to another person still, Jesus preached the gospel like this. Sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. 
Now, these diverse frameworks that Jesus is using were intended to meet people where they were and lead them toward his heart. He never used the same framework twice. And yet we do it all the time, right? We think that there's this one formula that we can use to connect and reach people. And, and that's true even as secular people, right? Like there's no, what I'm sharing in this episode is really just basic principles. It's not a formula for reaching secular people. If you want to reach secular people, if you want to have meaningful Bible studies with them, number one, listen, listen, listen. And number two, reframe. And by the way, you'll find the reframing way easier if you first take the time to listen, right? Uh, but there's one more lesson, one more lesson, because this is called the three bottom line things you must know before studying the Bible with secular people. So there's one more. Um, when studying the Bible with secular people, this is a lesson I've learned the hard way. It's important to make a meaningful connection. It's not good enough to just disseminate doctrinal information. Now, instead, you, you've got to invest in connecting deeply with them on a personal level. So as the studies progress, if the person feels connected to you, they'll be upfront about the areas where they're struggling to understand <clears throat> and embrace. But if, if they're not connected to you, um, then that's going to be more difficult for them to do. Secondly, and this is all under the same point, right? Making meaningful connection with secular people. I'm not saying that the meaningful connection should be you alone. Um, in fact, I believe that you, we need to aim to establish at least two to three good connections with church members when we're studying the Bible with a secular person. We got to aim to establish at least two or three good connections. Um, and the reason why is because this is <clears throat> this is something that really enables them to stay engaged now let me give you an example i've had two instances in which a secular person completely pulled out of studies simply because i went away for a number of weeks and they had no one else to keep them connected and engaged so during that time what I found during that downtime is that Satan sows seeds of doubt and discouragement that could be overcome when a person has connections that they can reach out to. But because these students of mine had me as their primary connection, they didn't have anyone checking up on them during my absence. And in both cases, I'm thinking of two particular cases, uh, by the time I got back, they really weren't interested anymore, despite the fact that when I left, they were super stoked to keep going. So it's like this total shift, right? It's like, oh man, can't wait till you get back. This is so great. I want to learn more. Come back two weeks later, four weeks later. Oh yeah, no, I'll see you next week. Oh, I can't do it. You know what, man? I'm not really interested anymore. I'm too busy. And that's it, right? So the, the way to avoid that is to make sure they have good, meaningful connections that keep checking up on them and that it's not just you, all right? So three simple lessons. Number one, listen. Number two, reframe. Number three, connect these are the three bottom line things that you have to know before studying the bible with secular people now i'm not saying that this is all there is to it like there's certainly a lot more and if you have some ideas or some experiences that you've had of studying the bible with secular folk and you want to share uh some of the lessons you've learned please come on over to the storychurchproject.com head to the blog click on this blog if you're listening to this as a podcast just click on the blog by the same title and comment underneath. Let me know what are some things you've learned that are really, really important about studying the Bible with secular people. And of course, 
don't miss the free ebook that I wrote that goes deeper into this topic, how to study the Bible with postmoderns. Again, if you go to thestorychurchproject.com, you can actually get that book for free. I'm not charging for it, not because it's not uh, meaningful or valuable, but because I want to offer it for free so we can begin the conversation with that topic right there. And I don't want anyone to say, oh, look, I don't have the money. So you know what? It's free. All you got to do is put your name and your email address and it will go straight to your inbox. All right, guys. Hey, look, thank you so much for uh, hanging out for this week's episode uh, on the Story Church podcast. And I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.